Well, welcome everybody. It's good to see you this weekend. Uh, so folks are still coming in. So if you got some open seats near you, maybe scooch in uh, so they can find one. And it's, uh, it's great to be together. Like the guy said, we're talking about the state of the church uh, this weekend. And we do this once a year, only once a year where we stop and we, we look back and we see all that God has done uh, in the previous year. And we look ahead and uh, see what we believe God is leading us uh, into and uh, just kind of pause a little bit and remember that uh, a church is much more than services. It's much more than programs. That, uh, here at Grace, at least, there is a very big vision and a very big, often behind-the-scenes type of an effort and uh, that we believe that, that God has is, is called us to that. So we call all of that the movement of grace. And uh, when we think about Grace Church. Grace was never uh, created to simply be a local church. That was never been the intention. The intention always was that we would be a movement of local congregations or local churches, and we call that campuses here at Grace, and that together we would uh, push the gospel of Jesus Christ forward. We would make that gospel clear and accessible wherever it's hard to find, and that we would think of ourselves as a multiplying group of people, uh, not just kind of a singular location. So we, we, we uh, phrase it this way. We say that grace is a, a gospel-centered movement that's committed to knowing it, living it, and giving it away, and the it is the person of and the story of and the message of Jesus Christ. We wanna know Christ. We want to live like Christ and for Christ, and we want to give the message and the story of Jesus away. Uh, the big, uh, big overarching strategy that we do that in is what we call 30 and 30. So our goal uh, as a church is to have 30 locations or 30 campuses over the course of 30 years. And those campuses are kind of individual congregations where uh, pastors would teach and lead and preach, uh, but collectively then we're going to take those campuses and we're going to unite together and we're going to pursue the things that God has called us to do and to take that gospel, make it clear and accessible where that truth is hard to find. So kind of based off of that grid, I'm going to look back and I'm going to evaluate the health of Grace Church through those parameters. And uh, we're going to look, I'm going to look as a, the senior pastor of all of our locations, and I'm going to look at some key indicators, kind of vital signs. I'm going to take the pulse and the temperature and see if the pupils dilate uh, of each of our campuses and then collectively as a church. And we're going to ask the question, are we on target? Are we doing what we've set out to do? And uh, are we accomplishing the things that we believe that God has called us to accomplish? So uh, those key indicators, there's just a few of them, one of them would be, does our community feel loved by Grace Church? If our community needed help, or if individuals in our community needed help, uh, would they think to look to Grace Church? Is Grace a place that they would say they'll love us, they'll help us, they're a part of us? Is that actually happening in real time at Grace? Somebody asked a question one time. They said, if, if your church closed its doors, would your community even notice if your church closes doors, will your community even notice? I think that's a great question. And I can look at, over all of Grace Church, including the Bath Campus, and say with a great deal of certainty that our community would 
notice because uh, we are involved, we are a place that people in our community, organizations, kind of the government and the schools, all that kind of stuff, would look and say, if we needed help, wanted help, needed even sometimes leadership or counsel, uh, that's a group of people that would help us. So there are tens of thousands of man hours that are invested throughout Grace Church into our community. Uh, When you think of places like Urban Vision and First Glance and South Street and Rahab Ministries and uh, Celebrate Recovery and on and on and on and on and on, uh, you would look and say, we have worked hard and and have done a great job of loving and serving our community. Uh, There are tons of folks that would raise their hands. I bet if I asked you to raise your hands right now, a bunch would go up that would say, my marriage was in trouble, my family was in trouble, and I turned to the people of Grace Church and I was loved and helped and steered through those hard times. Uh, Folks that are battling addictions that would raise their hands and say, I turned to Grace Church and they loved me, they helped me. I needed help with my teenagers or my kids and I wasn't sure what to do with parenting and Grace Church loved me and helped me. And I love the fact that when our community thinks of a place that would love them, that would serve them, that would help them, that would resource them, that they think of Grace Church and that they're a part of that. And I'm, I'm excited about that and feel that that's a powerful thing. Let me give you one for instance. Um, our Norton campuses last year had something uh, pretty amazing happen. Uh, it's a long story, I won't tell you all the details, but through a series of circumstances, Uh, the issue of human sex trafficking uh, came to the surface of the Norton community. And uh, when that happened, the Norton community leadership looked to Grace and said, listen, uh, you guys are a part of the community. You deal with this sometimes. Would you be a part of helping us uh, find solutions and kind of a strategy and a pathway to deal with this? And of course, we said yes. So that all uh, came together in a meeting in which uh, every faculty member and staff member of the Norton School System, uh, every, all of our police officers in Norton, all the governmental officials, so the judges and the magistrates and the mayor's office and the councilmen and women, all that kind of stuff, and the FBI, who oversees this region, and Grace Church, wound up teaming up together. Uh, we had an all-day seminar in our facilities down there, and we're a part of the fabric of creating solutions and strategies to recognize, identify, and preempt human sex trafficking in Norton. That's a for instance. And uh, you could take that to all of our campuses and our communities will be looking to us in uh, different ways on those levels of saying, man, when we need help, when we need bless, when we need serve, when we need some ideas, uh, the people of Grace Church are, are a place that we would think to be a part of. So I would look and say that's incredibly healthy and good. And uh, we, would, we would view that as an indicator that we're serving our community around us, that they trust our love for them, and that we partner with them for the, the, the individual things all the way through the biggest things. Um, we also wanna do this, of course, globally. And so we wanna, we wanna share the, the good news of Christ and the mercy of Christ globally. So when you think of like, Feed My Servant Children, which is famine relief, when you think of the medical work that we do, uh, all the, the missions, trips, short-term, long-term, hundreds and hundreds of us have gone on those in this last year. Uh, full-time staff that we have on the ground, so the Palmers that are over in Chad, Africa. Chad's the poorest country on the planet, so the Palmers there. Uh, Mitch and Susan Sentic, 
left yesterday to be on the ground full-time in Chad, Africa to do medical work there. Um, Doug and Jackie Jensen are full-time in the Cameroon doing a leadership development there. Uh, Mark and Candy Ritzman are in Cleveland and they're going into the, the poorest of the poor, the, the, the forgotten uh, parts of Cleveland and they're sharing the love and the hope of Christ, starting churches, connecting with folks. That happens kind of around the clock at Grace Church. And uh, I can look and say that our community and our world would say there's, there's a group of people that loves us and will, serves us and will serve us and is committed to us. So I would, I would think of that as a key indicator of health and an important thing at Grace, and I'm excited about that. Um, one of the other uh, things that I would look at, uh, kind of a second key indicator, is we would simply look and say, are people accepting Christ and being discipled, right? So if, if we're a gospel-centered movement that wants to know it, live it, give it away, when we give away the gospel of Jesus or proclaim the good news of Christ, is that being received and understood? And uh, I look back and see that God is doing amazing things there as well. So at Grace, uh, last year at Grace, 312 people accepted Christ as their savior for the first time. And that, you can clap for that, that's awesome. We're cranked about that. And uh, that's huge. And for, for us, uh, those are, some of you are here, of course, but those are folks who we would have their name and be interacting with them. So that's not like a random uh, hand raise somewhere. Those are real people that we're working with and connecting with. Um, we want you then to engage discipleship. So we do that through biblical community here at Grace, uh, connection uh, groups as well as life groups and, and things like that. And the, uh, the small group or biblical community participation rose 13% last year, which is a huge number. And so we're praising God for that. That lets us know that not only are we receiving Christ, but we're engaging in the body of Christ, the church, and pursuing discipleship. Um, we look and would say, well, are people being baptized then? And this is a fun stat. Our baptisms were up 98% last year. That's fantastic. So just a whole bunch of dunking going on. We're excited about that. Um, we would say, our fo do folks feel welcomed here? Uh, we had 1,100 first-time guests last year, and those would be folks that filled out the connection card. So those are kind of recorded uh, names. So it's probably actually double that. But I love that, like, there's a welcoming. You're inviting people and that folks feel like they can come and be a part of what's going on. And then are you pursuing kind of the path of discipleship? That would be our discovery group process. And there were 639 people who went through that process last year. So I would look and say, man, if we're accepting Christ, the gospel is being presented consistently, clearly. Uh, if we're engaging in discipleship, we're pursuing that together, that's a healthy thing. And we would, we would feel like that was exciting and phenomenal. I'm also, I'm really uh, cranked up about some of the new ways that we've kind of made spiritual growth accessible to everyone. You guys may or may not know, we haven't pushed this super hard yet, but I want you to know about this. There's a, there's a new thing out that we call E4, the letter E, then the number four, E4 studies. And what that is, that is online Bible study and uh, topic study that you can connect to. You can hit it through the website or hit it through the app. So for instance, if you wanted to sit down with me and go through uh, discipleship processes, you could, you could pick up the one-step journals out in the, in the cafe, 
uh, and, and purchase those. And then I could meet you online and through video curriculum, I'll walk you through that. Uh, if you wanted to have a survey of the Old Testament and under, learn how to understand the Old Testament and how it works and doesn't work, uh, Dr. Fisher would teach that course online. And, and then it kind of goes on and on and on. There's a whole library. So when you're traveling or if you're looking for something to lead a small group through or if you're discipling a person one-on-one, uh, those resources are there and that resource, that library is growing and that's something we're making accessible to try to come along beside you, help you grow in the Lord. Um, I'm excited about the way our internships continue to increase. So you've probably noticed there are interns running around everywhere. You can spray for them. You can't get rid of them. They just keep coming back. So interns and residents, we're excited about that, kind of that formal training track. When we look out at 30 and 30, we realize, man, that's going to need leadership and trained in the, in the scriptures. And so we're excited about that. And then, of course, our Moody program. You may or may not know that Grace has a, a full-blown undergrad degree that we offer right here. So it, it's, a, it's a liberal arts degree, a four-year degree. It's just like going to Akron or Ohio State. And if you want to study the Bible and study ministries, uh, we can teach you right here in town. Uh, we can open up kind of uh, access to ministry practice uh, through Grace Church. We teach it live. So this isn't you and a computer screen. This is you and a professor. And uh, you can graduate from college right here at Grace. So if you're an undergrad student or if you're about ready to become one, that may be something that you want to look at. But all that is training, training and discipleship helping folks get grounded in God's word to know it and then prepare to every level that you want to be prepared spiritually. And we would look and say that's a, a healthy thing and we're excited about it. The, the third th- key indicator that I'm going to look at always is are we living on missions or are we a missional church? And so I don't want us to be a consumer church, right? I don't want us to sit and say, uh, well, I liked the sermon or I didn't or the band was good this week or it wasn't or I like Jeff's outfit or I didn't. What shoes does he have on? That kind of thing. I, I want us to look and say, uh, what is God calling us to? And the mission and the movement of grace is the most exciting part of what we do. And when I look back over all of our campuses, the Bath campus especially, in the last few years, the answer to that is absolutely. Uh, we've had about 700, 750 people in the last three years, go from the Bath campus and be a part of starting new works. So we started the Medina campus, started the Barberton campus, kind of retooled Norton a little bit. And we look at that as a huge win, that when we talk about the vision, the movement of grace, knowing it, living it, giving it away, uh, that those are things that we would engage in, that people would raise their hands and say, I wanna go into ministry, I'll go to the mission field, um, I, I'll be a part of what God is doing. And that's huge at Grace because that's something we're going to continue to do. And then as we continue to reach and love folks, it's funny here at Bath, we've had a, about 700, 800 people go in the last three years and our attendance has never changed. And so it's some, many of you are new right here at Grace and, and we're just wanting you to know that that's a part of who we are and what we do on purpose. We think of those as big wins. So I'm excited about that. And to that point, our biggest win for 2015 was the launching of our Barberton campus. Uh, so last Easter, we did a public launch of our Barberton campus. Uh, Pastor Jeff Martell led the effort there. Bunch of folks from the Bath campus, bunch of folks from the Norton campus seated that campus. 
And that thing has absolutely taken off. It, it's, a, it's a riot. They're running over, they'll average over 200 people a weekend already. Uh, last weekend, they had their um, largest non-holiday attendance. They had 250 people last weekend. And folks are accepting Christ, they're being baptized, they're being discipled. And we're just thrilled to death uh, that that congregation is getting roots there in Barberton. In fact, something you can pray about um, if, if you know of anybody that has a building that we can rent or buy, or if they just want to give it to us, that's fine too. Uh, over in the Robinson Avenue area by Giant Eagle Austin Estates, that's where that's located. Um, we're renting space from a school right now, which is wonderful. It's, a, it's a, a blessing, but we only get seven hours a week in the building. So basically enough time to set up services, have them, and then tear them down. That's all we can have. And we'd like to get more of a permanent home there in the Barbadan area. So if you know someone that has something or possibility, let us know. Don't go out on Zillow and send us the listings. We can do that on our own, but I love you for trying. But if you, if you know something we don't know, let us know. Because we, we would like to get a roof over their heads there more permanently, and it lets us anchor in the community a little bit. But thrilled to death about what God's doing in Barbara. Then Medina keeps going great. Uh, Medina is running over 700 on a weekend now. God continues to bless that work. We got them into a new building this year, so we're praising God for that. Uh, Norton is thriving as well. And so we're just, we're thrilled to death with how God continues to move uh, throughout the whole of Grace Church. And of course, Bath is cranking in an awesome way also. So all of our campuses are doing terrific. And I would look at those indicators and I would say the state of Grace Church is healthy, that we're focused, that God is working, and that we're on mission and our community feels loved and the gospel is being presented. And I'm thrilled to death with, with where we're at. So when we look at 2015, we're gonna look at it through those grids and we're gonna say fantastic. Uh, praise God, it's incredible what he's doing. And then we're gonna look at 2016 and say, where is God gonna lead us? And, and when, I, when I think about that transition between last year and this year, um, I kind of would view it this way. I would look and say, God is, is finishing up certain things. He's gonna close certain chapters in 2015 and he's gonna open new chapters in 2016. So in this 30 and 30 mindset, this 30-year vision that Grace is uh, a part of, we take that vision and we break it into segments. And so the, the first three years of that vision uh, were defined by something called the Big Little Project. And uh, the Big Little Project was tied very closely to us needing facilities. So we're just out of space. We're out of space for... Uh, the Bath Campus, uh, our, we were out of space here on Gent Road, and uh, God opened up some opportunities. So we, we bought and remodeled the extension, which is three miles down the road in, in uh, Fairlawn, and uh, we said, hey, what if we have worship services there as well on the weekend? So there's also services right now going on at the extension, and uh, we asked folks if they'd be willing to worship there. So uh, a little over 700 people a weekend worship and, and attend the extension now. And then we run our sports ministries and stuff like that through it. So uh, we have uh, 400 kids that are involved in game day basketball. Half of them are not tied directly to grace yet. And uh, if you ever 
want to just experience something you've never experienced before, uh, go to the extension on Saturday. And you'll be like, there are children everywhere, and there are parents everywhere, and the place is packed out, and it is fantastic what God is doing. So that's been a wonderful gift that God gave to us. And then here on Gent Road, we really needed to build the discipleship wing. Now, we had no place to train and educate. Our, our high school students were having their small groups in the parking lot, which is fine, except in February. And so we just needed a roof over their head. And so we're able to, to build that. We just opened that this October. But the, and then through the Big Little Project, that's how the Palmers were financed to go to Africa and also the Centics that left yesterday. That's where the dollars came to run that. So those three years were kind of dominated by that Big Little Project. And here's the, the amazing thing. Um, this May, as we complete our financial commitment, so we all teamed up together and said we would do this, as we finish those financial commitments, those buildings that we built will be bought and paid for. There won't be a nickel of debt on any of that stuff at all. I, I actually think that's amazing. You can <laughs> clap for that. It's incredible. So uh, by May, those buildings will be uh, paid off, Lord willing, as we complete our, our, uh, our commitments. And so thank you for that. What that does then, as we open up then the next chapter of grace, because everything breaks into three-year segments, so we're ready to create the next three years, it puts us as a church in a place that we've never been before. Uh, so in my tenure here, I, I, Heidi and I came and started the Bath Campus 16 years ago. So in my tenure here, there has never been a time that we weren't in desperate need of facilities until now. Like, I'm not quite sure what to do about it, right? It's, it's hilarious. We always, from day one, we were out of space. Uh, from day one, like, the roof would leak and short out the sound system. Like, buildings have always been uh, a crisis point for the Bath Campus. And now with the extension and the discipleship wing, I can look and say we're not at that crisis point and we don't foresee ourselves going into it uh, again or anytime soon at least. It's not that we'll never touch brick and mortar again, but the we need millions of dollars or we're not gonna know what to do days, I hope are behind us for the Bath Campus. So what that means is this. Uh, all of the energy that it takes to build a building and to raise millions of dollars and to get things set up and ready to be open, all of that kind of human capital and financial capital for the first time in our history can be completely pointed at the, the gospel-centered movement, the, the, uh, the utilities necessary to function as a church, right, to have a roof over our head have been met. And so now when we think about moving forward, we can think about pouring people and money and energy into the pure movement of grace. So when I look at the next chapter of, of, our, of our church family, I, I've kind of uh, titled it this way. I look at missions, mercy, multiplication, and ministers. And that can be kind of the sole point of our Focus. So let me give you some for instance here. So for instance, I believe that uh, 2016 and the next few years are going to be marked by missions. Uh, missions is gospel-centered efforts that are outside the geographical purview of Grace and Akron. 
right? So we're gonna go beyond into a different place, a different culture, it's a biblical principle. And God has opened up some unbelievable missions opportunities for Grace Church. And we don't believe in coincidence, so we would look and say, yeah, right, right when we're able to address these things in a, in a way we've never been able to address them before, God opens up these invitations and these opportunities. So I'll tell you about two of them. Uh, one is this, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, our missions agencies have come to us and said, um, they actually called us and said, would you fly down here and hang out with us a little bit? So we did. And they said, it's crazy. God is bringing the nations to North America. Atlanta, Georgia has become a global hub of legal immigration. So think of Ellis Island in New York City at the turn of the 19th century, the last century. This would be the, the new kind of influx of legal immigration. And our missions agencies have said, listen, for pennies on the dollar, because we don't have to buy jet plane tickets and we don't have to do shipping containers, we can hop in a van and drive. For pennies on the dollars, we can reach the nations right here. They're right here. And there are people from all over the world that are right here. Would Grace be interested in teaming with us to start churches to reach these unreached people group, people who have no history of knowing or understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, could we do that? And we said, well, we're certainly open to investigating that. And it's, it's absolutely incredible uh, what God has woven together to open some doors of possibilities that we could be a part of stepping through in Georgia. Another example is um, a group has come to us and said, would you guys be at all open to planting a church in the capital of Chad, Africa, right? So right in the middle of Africa, we do a bunch of work in Chad. It's called Jemena or in Jemena. And would you be willing to do that? And this opportunity has opened up. A predominantly Muslim country that is ruled by a Muslim dictator who is open to Bible-teaching, Christ-centered churches being planted in his capital, where all of the university students of the country live. An unbelievable, it's historic opportunity, and yet the invitation is there, and it has come to Grace Church, and, and the, the question's been asked, would you guys be interested in this opportunity? And we look at that, and we're like, well, probably, and all of a sudden, we have resources, and we have people that are raising their hands and saying, we'll sell our businesses and everything we'll home we own, we'll move there full-time. And all kinds of other people that are saying, we'll go there part-time, and we can go in as professionals, we'll do medicine and business, etc. And the doors are wide open, and God has moved in those ways. And so we look at those opportunities and say, those are things that a, a church, the church of God, wants to be a part of, and so we wanna, we wanna talk to you about that. Now what we'll do, the way we do this at Grace, if you haven't done this before, about every three years, we have a, a, a church-wide, we call them vision gatherings. And so we'll ask you to come to these meetings. If you're in GraceLink, you'll get invited. If you're not in GraceLink, just fill out a connection card and you'll get put into GraceLink. And you'll get invited, and we'll ask you to come out and hang out with us for a while so we can talk in detail about these opportunities. So come to a vision gathering and we'll fill in all the blanks for you there. But incredible things with missions. 
Uh, the second thing we look at is, as we believe that God has opened up some amazing doors for mercy to be extended uh, here at Grace Church, and this would be more of a local thing for us. So our mercy projects are projects that need enormous resources. Uh, sometimes money, oftentimes us, need to be invested, but just a unique opportunity that needs more than normal resources. And uh, one of our partners has come to us, Rahab Ministries. If you're not familiar with Rahab, they're a ministry that reaches out to prostitutes uh, here in Akron. And one of the things that we've learned over the years of working with them is much of what we think of as prostitution is actually uh, human sex trafficking. And so with Rahab over the years, we've kind of learned to discern that. And a few years ago, we built the only safe house in the state of Ohio for adult women who are enslaved to human sex trafficking. Rahab now has come to us again and said, listen, would you be willing to help us build a, another safe house, a second one, for minors who are enslaved in human sex trafficking? And we look and say, you know what? Uh, we probably would love to do that. Let me talk to everybody about it. And this would be the, the only the only safe house in the state of Ohio for humanly sex trafficked minors. And we take them through the, we work with the courts, we protect them, we kind of rehab them and try to help them have a new lease on life. And so that opportunity is out in front of us as well. And again, at these vision gatherings, we'll fill in all the details with that. But we believe that's something God wants us to be involved with. A lot of you are involved in that already. You're walking the streets and connecting with the ladies are working in the respite house or going into the strip joints. And, and so this is a, a, a continuation of ongoing ministry that we do on a, on a regular basis. And then the third M is multiplication. And so our strategy uh, at Grace is to start campuses, right? We want to take the church to the community, not bust the community out to the church. So we don't have a desire for a, a 3,000 seat auditorium. We don't want those. We want to uh, if we have extra people and extra money, we want to go and go back to the communities and start more of a local church. And so I'm excited to let you know that we've been in uh, deep conversations with the congregation in the Ellet community of Akron. And uh, if all goes well and we feel like it will, uh, we, we hope and we pray that in the next week that congregation will uh, vote to join us and they will become a, a part of who we are. And then we will reorganize and invest, get resources and folks together. And our hope is that in the next year, our next campus will be the Ellet campus of Grace Church. And that we will uh, be a part of making the gospel clear and easily accessible in East Akron there. So we're very excited about that and uh, very excited about the possibilities as that comes online. And we're talking to other churches as well. We do this all the time. We're in conversations with several churches. Who knows what happens? It's a, it's a long process that, that can take a lot of twists and turns, but we want to keep doing that. And then we're also always looking like we did with Barbara, and there wasn't a church to team up with there. Uh, we just simply saw a need and, and organized and tackled that and met that need. That also was a big part of the Big Little Project, by the way. But we tackled that and went there. But we're always going to look, instead of putting up another auditorium, uh, we're always going to look and say, how can we spread out 
as a, as a church family and reach people in their local community, so we wanna multiply that way. And then in 2016, we also realized that part of that multiplication is gonna be helping to train and create the leadership necessary for those campuses. Uh, so when you look at pastors and elders and teachers and musicians and missionaries and everything that is the vision of the movement of grace, uh, there's certainly a side of that that people need to be trained. They need educated in deep ways in the Bible and theology and doctrine as well as in, in ministry. And so we really want to press down on uh, training interns and residents and uh, being a part of that. I, I remember um, Rick Warren said this, ah, probably said 25 years ago now, but it's a great quote. He said, he said, the greatness of a church is not determined by its seating capacity, it's determined by its sending capacity. And Grace Church wants to be a sending church. Our legacy will not be our buildings. I am grateful for our buildings, right? Because it's not this winter really, but normally it's freezing outside, right? So I'm grateful for our, our buildings. They are utilities that we need. Our legacy will be those that we raise up and send out. And when we talk about a two, 300 year movement, if two and 300 years from now, people can trace their spiritual lineage back to Akron, Ohio, it won't be because we built these fantastic buildings. It will be because we gave ourselves to training, we gave ourselves to the gospel and the movement of God that, that came from that. And so we realize that kind of that, that the human part of that, uh, the workers that are sent unto the, the, uh, the harvest field is something that we are excited to pour lots of energy and, and resources into. Now, when I think about all this, when I was thinking about all this and, and just talking with you guys about it this weekend, my, my heart and mind went to 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Let me show you this. Grab your Bibles if you got some Corinthians chapter nine, it's page 807 in those Bibles that are in the chairs. In 2 Corinthians chapter nine, uh, verse six, God says this. Let me read it and then we're gonna talk about it for a second. He says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And that passage is a phenomenal passage and most of the time when it's talked about, it's talked about in the context of our finances. If I sow my money sparingly, I'll reap a sparing harvest of righteousness is what uh, Paul says in verse 10. If I sow generously, I'll reap, God will enlarge my harvest of righteousness. Sowing and reaping, this has nothing to do with the TV garbage. So it has nothing to do if I give God $100, he gives me a Maserati, kind of a, that nonsense, right? This is spiritual. When I worship God in these ways, God blesses me spiritually in these ways. So when you teach this passage and you teach it in kind of a strictly financial context, you are, you are teaching it correctly, but you are teaching it narrowly, right? So it, no one's wrong for doing that. I will do it too, but it's a, it's a narrow way to teach it. The broad way to teach it, the way I actually wanna talk about it here this weekend, is that as I sow my life, so my money is a part of my life for sure, right? Money's kind of a fact of life. So I sow my life, I sow my time, I sow my energy, when I give my life in a sparing way, I'm going to reap a sparingly. I'm gonna reap just a little bit of a spiritual reward. 
when I give my life in a generous way, then I will, I will reap a generous reward. I'll reap a greater harvest of righteousness through my life. And what God calls us to do is to sow or to give ourselves completely to the Lord. I, uh, last weekend, I was training a group of pastors, and um, uh, people always want to know why the church is big, right? That's, a, that's a, like a pastor's like love language. How'd you get your church to grow big? That's what they always want to know. And I always am so strong in telling them that, listen, there, there's nothing Grace Church is doing that other churches don't do. And I want you guys to know that. We, we are not the only good church in town. There, we're not the only Bible teaching church in town. There are many churches that I, I know their pastors and I trust their church. I trust the chapel. I trust uh, Christ Community Chapel. I, I know Peter here at Lakeside. I trust Arlington Memorial Baptist as my brother's church. There are lots of Bible teaching, healthy, focused, missional churches in Akron. There are bad churches in Akron too, right? But we're not the only good ones. So we have not discovered something that only we understand that makes everything go the way that we want it to go. That is just not the case. So I was telling this to this pastor and they'll always say, well, what do you got, what's different then? And I have always said, the secret sauce of Grace Church is her people's willingness to sacrifice. Every time there's an opportunity to build the kingdom of God, and every time there's opportunities to reach people, and every time that God opens up a new door, collectively, even before I became the leader of grace, way back into the the 70s and the 60s, the people of grace have said yes, and they have sowed generously. And where we sit now in 2016 is the cumulative effect of the enlarged harvest that God has given in response to that generous sowing, right? It's our willingness to give of ourselves and sometimes, listen, sometimes that means money but not most of the time. Sometimes we have to get money together but not most of the time. Usually the money is the easy part. It's us giving our lives, that's the hard part. So it didn't really cost anything for a group of people 16 years ago to dislodge their families and come up to Bath and start the Bath campus. That, that, the finances were not the big obstacle there. Uh, when, when a group of people dislodged from the Bath campus and went and started Medina, the finances were not the big obstacle there. When, when we dislodged again and we went and we started Barberton, it wasn't the finances. When, when a bunch of, when 700 plus people said, we'll go and we'll watch Jeff in high definition video, right, over the extended, the finances were not the obstacle. The, the finances were not the obstacle for the Palmers and the Jensen's and the, it's part of it, like we're all grownups, it takes money to do stuff, but uprooting your life and giving of yourself is the issue. And the broad context of what God is saying here is, listen, If you want to be used by me in powerful ways, the sowing of your life is the issue. Sometimes we need money, sometimes we don't. Just depends on what we're doing, right? But the big issue is, am I gonna live my life for Christ or not? And what am I gonna define as a win? And I actually believe the key verse to this passage is the next one in verse seven, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The key passage is this. Each of you must give what you've decided in your heart to give. That's the question. What am I, what am I gonna decide in my heart? How am I gonna decide in my heart to invest my life? Because God loves a cheerful giver. God does not want us doing things out of guilt. Don't ever do anything out of guilt spiritually. That's nonsense. Or compulsion. If you don't do this, you're gonna go to hell. Anybody tells you that, they're a liar. They're the devil. God loves a cheerful giver. He wants people who want to sow their lives for the kingdom of God, who want to die so they can live, who want to lose their life so they can find it. That's the idea there. So the question, when when it comes to being a part of the church, the church is not a religious institution or a social institution. We're the living body of Christ himself, the Bible says, the bride of Christ. We're a spiritual entity. So collectively as a church, the question always is the same. What am I going to decide in my heart to give my life to? Now here's what happens. If I don't make that decision, I will give my life to whatever I bump into in life. So if I, if I don't decide in my heart to give my life and find my identity in Christ, then I will give my life to whatever I bump into that gives me some identity. I'll try to be the popular kid in high school, I'll get hooked on some girl in college, I'll be Mr. Career, Mr. Zip Code, Miss Hood Ornament, Miss Jim. Right? I'll just, I'll just kind of bang through life and kind of waddle through life. And what happens is I will sow sparingly. I will get to the end of my life and look and say, I never really gave myself to anything. I never decided in my heart to give myself to anything. So I kind of just lived. And I will reap sparingly, spiritually from that. We'll do that with our time. If I don't decide to give my time to something, then I give my time to whatever entertains me in front of me. So I'm gonna give all my time to, I'll give it to Facebook, or here's my Snapchat story, or the new Halo game's out, you won't believe it, or this movie, or that TV, or that hobby, and wasted minutes turn into wasted hours, wasted days, weeks, months, years, decades, and life. And I will go through life and I will be a person who lived but never made a mark and didn't do anything. And by the way, that happens also financially. If I don't decide in my heart to give my finances to something, then I will, I will squander finances on whatever comes up. So I'll, I'll go to Starbucks every day and that turns into a $30 a week habit, right? And all of a sudden, that's a $200 a month habit. And all of a sudden, I got to have this purse and all those shoes. And have you seen that new blouse? And, and we'll just kind of go through. And before you know it, it's a $200 day and a $1,000 week. And I'm $10,000 in debt by the end of the year because I never decided. So when God writes this passage, it's a, it's a broader principle. And he's looking and saying, we, we decide in our hearts what I'm, how I'm going to sow my life. And when I decide to sow my life to the things of the kingdom, for whether it's my time, my energy, or my money, 
God, the promise is that God will enlarge the harvest. He'll double down. He'll doubly bless us. Not on earth necessarily, right? That's the TV nonsense. But certainly in the kingdom and certainly when it comes to the fulfillment of my life. So we collectively have to decide in our heart what we're going to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, but we have to decide to invest ourselves in the the secret sauce of Grace Church, the big mystery that all the other pastors wanna know about is that Grace Church's history is deciding in our hearts that we're giving ourselves to the movement of the gospel to help people know it, live it, and give it away and whatever, however that presents itself in the next phase is what it does but we want to be a part of that, right? And to give ourselves to that. That's the fourth M I wrote down, it's, it's ministers. We, this is, this is not, this, this got outside of Jeff doing it decades ago. This, what I love about Big Little and I love about Medina and Barbara, we have to do these things. It's got, I can't do it. We have to do it. We have to decide that this is what we want to be known for and that the hallmark of Grace Church is that we make the gospel clear and accessible wherever it's hard to find. And those are our wins and that's how we want to be defined, right? So guys, God has given us enormous opportunities. And I, I'm excited to go into the details of these in these vision gatherings, but, but it's, a, it's an absolutely amazing time to be a part of, of the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think we look around sometimes, we're like, oh, but the country's going to pot. Hey, the, more it goes, the more it goes that way, the stronger the gospel becomes. That's great, right? When you think on a kingdom perspective, it's a wonderful opportunity. to to shine the light of Jesus in in dark places. And God has prepared these things, and I believe he's invited us as a church to be a part of it, all right? So we're excited for that. So this is what I would say. We need to do this together, and I want to be able to tell you what we're talking about before you say yes or no to it, okay? So if if you've been at Grace for a while, and you've been on a little bit of a sabbatical, right? You, you're not serving real aggressively right now. You needed a break. That's fine, by the way. You don't sign up for life at Grace Church. So when you need to rest, you need the rest. That's no big deal. What I'm saying, though, is God has opened up some new doors, and we need you to get back in the saddle because it's going to take all of us, and it's going, it's going to be amazing what God does. So I want you to start thinking in those terms. If you're newer to Grace, if you've come here in the last three years, which is a third of us, so if you've come here and you've been a part of kind of refilling, the buzz that you feel and the energy that you feel and when you walked in and you're like, oh, I've been looking for a place like that, that is the cumulative effect of a bunch of people serving and being missional and we want you to start doing that. We wanna help you find your saddle too and get you, get you into that and start working together for it, okay? So I want you guys to come out to these 
vision gatherings, all right? If you're in GraceLink, you're gonna get a letter. If you're not, fill out your connection card this weekend. We'll get you in GraceLink. And I want you to come out and hear these conversations. I'm gonna tell you what we're doing before you sign up for anything. But we need volunteers, we need leadership, and then there's, we need finances. It takes money to do stuff. And so these are kind of kitchen table family moments that we need to have together. And we'll walk through these in detail like we have so many times in the past, okay? So will you come out to those gatherings? That wasn't rhetorical. Okay, will you come out to these gatherings? Yes, okay, awesome. And we, we want you to be a part of that, okay? Guys, listen, I, I love you. I do. Heidi and I, we love you. I think you know that. I hope you do. I hope you remember it, right? I, um, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I'm not a business leader. And so we got into this for you because we, we love you and we want to be a part of your life. And I'm grateful to you. When I, when I look at back at what God has done, I am incredibly proud in all the right ways and grateful that you have done that and been a part of it. And uh, when Heidi and I went in the ministry, we prayed. We said, Lord, would you let us go to one place so that we could spend our whole lives with one group of people? I'll be honest, we were thinking the Carolinas. <laughs> but here we are in Akron. And, uh, and we're grateful to do that. We're grateful for 23 years here. We're not going anywhere, Lord willing. We want to be here. And I'm grateful that we get to, we get to do this together. So thank you for, um, for dreaming. When we prayed as we were starting the Bath Campus, um, Heidi and I prayed that God would give us a brave church. Never prayed for a big church, never once. Those words have never come across my lips. We prayed for a brave church that when there was something that took faith that God would build himself a church that would trust him and step out and do it. Most of what we get into, we don't know how we're gonna finish it. We just know how to start it, right? And yet when you look back, the re when we look back at our successes, the reason that you did that in the scripture, that Israel would look back, is because they would see that God would show up and it would give them courage to move forward. It builds our faith. So when we look back, we see God's faithfulness. It gives us courage to go into the next unknown. And I believe God is opening that up. I think it's going to be a riot. I trust his confidence. And I'm grateful that, uh, that we get to do that together, okay? All right. I'm going to pray, and the band will come up, and then uh, we'll close our services. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for giving us to each other. I love our church. God, I, I'm grateful that I get to, to love my friends and be loved by them. Lord, what a privilege that is. So we love you. And just your goodness and what you build and design, we're grateful. God, the things that make us happy and fulfilled are given to us by you. And so, Lord, just your goodness overwhelms me and uh, when I look at it and see it. God, looking back, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is your church, it's your name, your glory alone. So we praise you for what you have done and you have accomplished. And God, when we look ahead, give us courage and strength 
God, we, we want to be led by you. And so help us to trust you and to believe you and to, to go wherever you call us to go. Thank you, God. And uh, we thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.